And then today, I'm literally loading up my car and grabbing the cats to drive home from my cabin, and they trade Sousa. And I'm like, are you guys just doing this to fuck with me right now? Oh my god. I know, and what, like, what happens now? I don't I guess, know. I guess we I should don't... save this for the podcast, maybe, but... Yeah. Ugh. Uh, I mean, like... I mean, we should talk, we'll talk about the Tigers first, but they're just, I mean, you were gone all weekend. There's just a whole bunch of, like, goofy little spring training notes. I'll just kill those reasonably quickly, and then we can move on to the only pertinent question, which is, should the Tigers claim Corey Dickerson? Which they should, right? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, duh. But then again, okay, we'll wait until the podcast. All right, all right. Okay, uh, all right, give me five and we'll get Welcome back. This is the Bless You Boys podcast. BlessYouBoys.com is the home on the SB Nation platform for all things Detroit Tigers baseball. I'm your host, Brandon Day. I'm a staff writer and editor with Bless You Boys, as is my co-host, Ashley McLennan. Ashley, how's it going tonight? I I know how it's going. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about this before the podcast, and I know I've mentioned it before, but I'm I'm also the deputy manager over at D-Rays Bay, and we have had a weekend, and it's been an, an extended weekend, both dramatically and because I took five days off, which I'm never doing again, apparently. Yep, and then the world uh, burned all around you while you were, weren't looking. Well, nothing happens all off-season, and then I'm like, it's February, I can totally take an extended long weekend, relax with my friends, leave my laptop at home, kick up my feet. Oh, what's that? <laughs> the Rays have DFA'd Corey Dickerson for no possible reason whatsoever. Only all-star on the team. Well, I mean, Archer. But we only elected all-star on the team for the Rays last year. No, no problem. DFA him for no good reason. Uh, pick who, up a trade from Los Angeles. Yeah. Let's just pick up CJ Crone from Los Angeles. Oh, yep, that happened. Um, let's trade Jake Odorizzi to the Twins for not Max Kepler, because apparently that was just too much to ask for. Um, what else happened? Oh, right. I'm packing up the car on Tuesday evening to come home. And what do they do? They trade Steven Souza Jr. as part of a three-team deal with the Yankees and the Diamondbacks. Because, of course, why not? I have no stress about this at all. Everyone expected this, right? <sighs> yeah, no, we totally knew it was happening. Oh, my God. I mean, it's it's just incredible. I mean, really, and beyond the raise, like, the entire offseason just happened, like, in a week. Like, the yeah, entire it, thing. Like, everything. J.D. Martinez gets his five-year deal with the the Red Sox. Um, what else happened while I was Eric, busy? Eric Hosmer got his deal. An implausibly large deal. Eight years. What were you thinking, San Diego? Yep. <laughs> I know we've discussed this before, but eight years, no. That's a long, that's a long, long time. Years for Eric Hosmer. I know. Like, eight years for Max Scherzer would have felt too long. (laughs) (laughs) Eight years for Eric Hosmer is just an appalling deal, but tip of the hat to Scott Boras for making it happen. Yeah, that that might be the one guy that, like, actually just held out and hung in there and actually got, you know, the closest to what, you know, he was he was hoping to get. So, I guess kudos to you, Eric Hosmer. Um, I mean, I'm not, you know, Eric Hosmer's a fine, fine player. He's okay. He's probably, he's better than average. He's got, you know, he's got some grit, clutch factor. He's a smart baseball player, but 
it just seems so early for San Diego on that deal. I, I really, uh, I really don't know why they felt the need to hurry up and sign Eric Hosmer to an eight-year deal when they aren't looking to contend for at least you know another year or two, minimum. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, it's it makes no sense. I AJ Preller, you know, AJ Preller has his own ways. You know, he's got his own medical files on everybody. He's got his own his own methods. So I, I don't know. Maybe he knows something about Eric Hosmer's superpower. He or... is apparently aware of Eric Hosmer being some sort of baseball cyborg that we didn't know about. But yeah. you know, they're advancing cool. genetic baseball testing down there in San Diego, and they've they've realized that Eric Hosmer is about to just beast out at age thirty and continue that for eight years, apparently without the help of. Any, um, you know, any of Mark McGuire's little helper or anything like that. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Lord. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been crazy. There was just so much happened. Um, you know, I, the thing about it is that the Tigers continue to just, you know, be their boring little old selves. <laughs> so while you well, were, I mean, while you were what? gone, like we had like Gardy dad jokes and some Basio stuff and yeah, it was, it was kind of about it. Yeah, well, let's let's talk because of my Rays connection. Since we seem to talk about the Rays a lot, I'm so sorry, Tigers fan. Um, Tell the Tigers let's to talk do Dickerson. Let's talk Corey Dickerson. Yeah. Should the Tigers pick him up now that he's a DFA and they have first dibs? Yep, I th- you know my buddy Dan Hogan on Twitter posed this question to us today, which was, would you rather ha- sign Ichiro Suzuki for like I think it's four million dollars? Or would you rather take Corey Dickerson? And as fun as it would be to have Ichiro, and I would love that, just for entertainment purposes, Corey Dickerson was an all-star last year. Um, You know, he's not a great outfielder. He's he's probably Castellanos level, but the dude can hit. He's proven it two years in a row. He's he's got a good hitting tool. Um, He wasn't great the last half of last year, um, but the first half was just dynamite. Um, you're like you said, he's not a great defensive outfielder, but he's also not, you know, complete trash. Um, so he would do the job serviceably, especially since you're going to be operating on a platoon out there anyway. There's no reason to not have a guy like that in your lineup because it gives you more options with the DH. You can kind of play around with Miggy, with Victor, both of them having had injuries. Corey Dickerson slate like slates really well in that DH position if need be. Um, so you can kind of rotate things that way, but he can play the outfield as well, which is really nice. Hasn't he, has he played first base at all? Oh God. I don't think he did last season. Like but, maybe, he'd, uh, maybe he'd faked it a few different times, but yeah, never, uh, never for much length, but yeah, he's a left, left-handed bat. He's got some power. Um, you know, he would kind of round out the lineup that way. Um, the problem of course is that we've got all these like, average dudes hanging around in the way <laughs> and i just don't know quite how they would use them i mean the ideal situation obviously is like cut victor martinez yeah well just use Corey dickerson and miguel at dh and i confirmed by the way it. he has never played first base okay he's never leagues. played it all right well yep. victor's got that on him victor has played it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well victor's also been catcher and we're not going to throw him behind for the home plate anytime soon so no, that would just be cruel although yeah I'm sure there are some in the fan base who would like to see that tried a whole bunch just to see what would happen. Oh, oh God. We don't need to go, like, full shit show. The season's going to be bad enough as it is. I know. And we don't need to worry about trying to, like, somehow remove Victor Martinez from the team by blowing out his knee again. No. Um, I don't want to go down that route. I, I don't know why you don't pick up Corey Dickerson. People are saying, but he costs money. He'll be, after whatever his arbitration was, six mil total, I yeah. think, yep, that's for the right. season. I mean... The Tigers are not going anywhere near the the threshold for what they can spend. Yeah. 
spending an extra six million to get Corey Dickerson doesn't even it doesn't even take them out of being able to look at a guy like Chris Tillman for an extra starting pitcher position like you can still do both and not be spending beyond your means yeah I mean in any you know I mean it's a drop in the bucket six million dollars of course Chris Tillman I believe just signed with Baltimore today in another oh god damn it so he went back to Baltimore that's all right I mean I didn't this is the other thing like there's all these guys that the Tigers could get there's still all these like cheap like ah, maybe this guy could bounce back type free agent but i just don't know first of all the tigers just aren't going to do anything because is the tigers and they pretty much just feel like they've just like cashed in their chips for the for the year and are just like going to just roll with things how they are and you know trade shane green at the deadline or whatever and that's about it but well that's the other thing why don't you get dickerson on a one year so that if he does have the kind of start to a season that he did last year just trade him in July. And I don't two years. Yeah, I mean, you know, he still has two years of control, so it's yeah. not even like a JD situation. You get the extra year. So, yeah, it's to me, it's a no brainer. You pick him up, but I, because I mean, if what are you worried that he's gonna not have a great second half? Nobody on the team is going to have a great second half. <laughs> like, why don't you just grab somebody who could be really fun and exciting to watch? Yep, I mean, the really, the worst thing that can happen is that you spent $6 million, and when the trade deadline comes up, he's not going that good, and no one will give you more than, you know, some random, you know, prospect, something along the lines of, you know, whatever, like which, somebody's 20th ranked prospect, which, whatever. Quite frankly, is more than what the Rays got for him. I'm still mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole thing was weird. I mean, CJ Crone isn't a very good player. But it wasn't even a straight kinda... trade. They just dropped Dickerson. Yeah. Like, and we thought it was to make that, you know, the, in real time, we're like, okay, they dropped dropped Corey Dickerson. They got CJ Crone to take that space. But then not long after that, then they trade Odorizzi and they get like the Twins 27th ranked prospect who's like a shortstop, you know, really Yeah, young. a shortstop minor league prospect. And I mean, trading Odorizzi was never a shock. Like if, mm-hmm. if you follow the Rays at all, he was kind of always slated for trade, like how it, all Tigers fans sort of knew when Ian Kinsler trade was coming. Um, Odorizzi being traded is not a shock, but I honestly think people thought that they would get more back for that. Like the the rumblings really were like Odo for Kepler. And I guess the twins didn't want to give up Kepler, which bums me out because that would have been such a great trade for the Rays. Um, and then they could have taken Dickerson, <laughs> you know, like well, they could have yeah. done that way. Like you guys get the years of control on Kepler. So you've got him longer down in Tampa. I don't get it. Yeah, I thought the whole thing, I mean, the whole thing was just weird. You know, I mean, I would have given up like looking at the Tigers farm system. There's like a whole bunch of guys better than Palacios. I would have given up um, for Jake Odorizzi. I mean, I would have given up a couple of our young arms. Because if Odorizzi yeah. has a good start, you know, he's a, he's a fairly valuable guy. Again, it's not impossible. <sighs> so, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what's going on in, in Tampa. Um, now, I, I, everyone is looking at it saying tank, tank, tank. But I don't yeah. honestly think that that's what the office is doing in spite of, of how it looks. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel they really are trying to build something for the future. But right now it just looks so hideous and it looks like the the Evan Longoria trade was just like this huge like slide down. Yeah. But they're still holding on to really valuable pieces like Chris Archer, Kevin Kiermeyer's not going anywhere. Um, they're not looking at trading guys like Jake Feria. They've still got a really strong farm system. So I don't think like we're looking at guys like Brent Honeywell and Willie Adamas coming up in like the next couple months. 
And like, it, it still to me doesn't seem like a team that's dive bombing right into failure, like the Tigers. Yeah, it feels like maybe they've, and and maybe they're right to do this, um, but just the way they've gone about it has just been so bizarre and so late in the season. You know, if this was their plan kind of all along, you'd think these things would have would have started happening back in December when all these teams were holding out on the free agents and didn't want to make those kind of moves. But yeah. to have it happen, like, right as spring training is, is getting underway, like the pitchers and catchers that already reported and they're, they're trading these guys, you know, who've just barely got their stuff sorted in their in their locker... And I guess they're looking at Boston, they're looking at New York, and they're thinking, like, the window is just not right now. Like, we need to plan to be good, like, two or three years from now. That's the only thing I can figure is going on down there. We know they're not going to spend the money. Um, I don't know. There's people screaming on MLB radio on my way home from work, you know, that it's time to get Tampa out of there. You know, like, Tampa doesn't deserve a team anymore. They can't support it. And, you know, Ugh. it's just a mess. I mean, the no, whole thing is they a just mess. announced a new stadium build. I don't think that baseball's going anywhere in Tampa anytime soon. I don't think so either. But I'm, I'm, I'm more, <laughs> I'm more open to the idea that it should than I was a couple of uh, a couple of years ago. Either the no, Marlins sh- or Rays. Both of you need to go away. How about that? You shut your mouth. Brandon. I'm gonna just stick Bugs Bunny right on you guys and just cut Florida right off and let it float down. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God, the island of Florida will come for you. I love the. Uh, there was actually maybe it was Kate Presser. I, I want to say it was Kate Presser at Baseball Prospectus because it was like the kind of article that was like in depth, and I would expect her mostly to write. But it was talking about this Brancusi sculpture that the bird and space sculpture that the Rays are using. Yeah, the ridiculously shaped, like, yeah. No, we've had a lot of discussions about this stupid sculpture. It's like this minimalist, supposedly bird in space, but it's basically like two sort of elongated pyramidal type things joined together. (laughs) It looks like an Olympic torch almost, like a really stylized upside down Olympic torch. And the only way I can see it being like the foundations of an established, like they're using it as the inspiration for the stadium design. And I don't know, like the area they're building the new stadium in is like all old, like cigar factories and honestly, the new stadium design would be better off going something Camden Yards than something hyper, like, yeah, like to fit in. Like, you go brick facade in Wybor. Like, it's, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, it, that's not very Florida. I mean, I, I can see that side of it. But when I also, when I think minimalist, I also think, like, they just don't want to spend any money. Because <laughs> that's just how I feel whenever I see anything to do with the Rays. Like, they're just not going to spend any money on this. We want clean lines. We want raw steel exposed everywhere. <laughs> so, so rude. I They'll know. just make a really giant Ray tank. That's all I care about. I know you're in a bad spot here because I, I'm just so beaten down as a Tigers fan. And I don't really have another team to root for that I can only uh, I can only feel better by attacking your team. And you're getting it from both both directions now. Yeah, no, like, this is great. I thought I was going to have at least one team that would still be fun to watch. I know. <laughs> and then over the course of the weekend, the Rays have been like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we can do better. Yeah. Don't <laughs> stand on that rug. Oh, it's going. Yep. Just trade everyone yes and and that's i guess you just have to wait and see you know when the next shoe drops whether it's archer um column is obviously going to be extremely valuable to people there's yeah that wouldn't surprise me either like if if column a went it's that's another one that wouldn't be a shocker yeah yeah the value there at the deadline is is going to be going to be really high so yeah i mean i don't i don't really know what the rays are are doing there but the rays always have to do things in in their own peculiar fashion I mean, we'll see. I don't know that any of the moves that they've made over the last couple of days 
um, take them out. A couple of the projections are showing them at being wild card potential, and I don't know that they're gone from that. I don't think that they've lost enough value to take them out of the the discussion completely. Yeah, probably like, I, not. You know, I don't like, think a guy like Steven Souza Jr. is going to make the big difference for the Rays when it comes down to wins and losses. Yeah, but you put him and Dickerson's bats together, and then no, I, I, yeah. it's, it's, and then you it take out a and yeah, it's not great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But if a guy like Brent Honeywell lives up to expectation, it's still exciting. If Faria shows what he had last, I'm so we're a, a Tigers podcast. I should really stop talking about the Rays so much. I know it's the just Tigers some, haven't done anything. <laughs> I know the Tigers just haven't been that interesting. And really, the only thing you know is should they pick up Corey Dickerson? And I and I just I just kind of feel feel like they should. Um, I mean, he's right there, he's right there waiting for you. I mean. Whether or not he makes the Tigers better, you know, from the smart baseball perspective, really doesn't matter that much. But he is a guy that you might be able to get a little something out of. Um, you know, he's he's going to hit better than Matuk. He's going to hit better than Leonis Martin. He's going to hit better than Victor Reyes. And if one of those I mean, guys has to kind of be a, bumped for him to play, you he's know. He still a 2.7 war last season. Like, it's still a player you want on your team. Yep. Yep, and a guy that you know, I mean, he could he could pull you a modest prospect, you know, down the road. So mm-hmm. I would like to see the Tigers do that. I think they only have until tomorrow to do it, and I just I just don't think they're going to. I think the Tigers just feel like they don't want to they don't want to ruffle any feathers right now. I got what they want. So I feel like, honest to God, they're just waiting it out. I don't think they're going to do anything. I will honestly be surprised if they do it, even though it seems like the most logical step to take i think they'll just twiddle their thumbs on it and let it go yep yeah it's you know it's just so obvious but but like you say i mean yeah the rays uh the rays are doing crazy things meanwhile you know the with the tigers we've got like guardy's dad jokes in spring training which are fun and and i knew this would happen i i never wanted you know ron gardenhire to be the manager i was i was all on board with gabe kapler which i also knew was never going to happen but <laughs> But Ryan Gardenhire is a, just an, an extremely entertaining character to me. Oh like, my God. I knew I was going to enjoy him, and it's already like, oh, I, I like Gardy now. It's driving me he's crazy. He's so likable. Really I hated is. when they signed him, but he's just so friggin' delightful. I know. Like he's Santa Claus, man. He's just like, you know, I, it's just like lovable, lovable grandpa character. Yeah, he's like Team Grandpa. Like it's like oh, good old Uncle Gardy. And I don't know what it is. It's like every time they release quotes from him, I just, I love him even more. He's just, he's just enjoyable. And it's, and it's such a relief from, you know, Brad Osmus, who... For, so you know, surly. Yeah, I mean, Brad Osmus just, you know, it's just, was just always, you know, defensive. He wasn't, you know, it took him a really long time to get comfortable in the role, talking to reporters, yeah. talking, you know, joking with his team and all that kind of thing. And you never really saw him get out there and just like, you know, dog everybody, like, you know, get after it, get after it, get after it. And Gardy's definitely that guy. Um, I don't think that means so much as far as baseball goes, but it, yeah, it's just definitely much more engaging a personality to to have, you know, giving us quotes on a day-to-day basis rather than Brad Osmus, like, non-speech, you know. Yeah, I feel like comments. Gardy's post-game interviews are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I feel like he won't he won't, you know, pull any punches. He'll give you the straight stuff, but it'll be really funny at the same time. Yeah, he's got so much material built up. Oh, he's so he's been such a delight. Even and we're just in spring training. Like he's just been so much fun already. Yep. Yep. And you know, like I mean, me and Rob has talked about this, Robert Jackie, our site editor, you know that the Tigers are gonna come out this year feeling good and probably 
get off to like a cute little start for a little while and man people are gonna fall in love with ron garden hair and all you're gonna hear is how it was all brad osmus and didn't know how to motivate players and all that kind of thing i i just like the narratives are just so strong i can feel them on my shoulders already they're so heavy I'm looking forward to it. It's one of the few things I am looking forward to this season now is just I think that Guardy and the dugout's going to be fun. It's going to, like, take us back to those Leland days, I feel, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, that kind of, like, old-school grouchiness, but, you know, there's, like, there's a lot of fun at the heart of it. I miss Jim. Ugh. I know. I love Jim so much, you know. And and he's another guy who I was a critic of of his managerial style a lot of the time, but his way of managing people was just awesome. And the way he managed the media... You know, you just you just loved him, and he you know he he understood the city really well. He bonded with the city and and kind of the type of type of folks we got here in Detroit area. So yeah, I mean it just all you know it just all fit, and it, it does you know on that score, Guardy's going to be a big winner. Um, and of course, you know the, the big joke this weekend was that he couldn't remember everyone's name because he's still trying to figure <laughs> everyone out, and so he's well, calling let's, people let's buddy. Let's be fair; even we can't remember everyone's name. Oh, speak for yourself. I'm I'm down to be quizzed right now. I got it. Are you? Out. I'm going to pull out some pictures later, and we're going to do this, and you're going to fail so hard. Yeah, I probably will. Because they all look like they just came off of a farm in Iowa. Yep. And like I, if. Or there's exactly. like three, we've got three like three scrappy Dominican infielders who I can't probably tell apart exactly. Yeah, I mean it's just it's gonna be he, brutal. Honestly, the only reason I know who Zach Reiniger is is because he's got long hair, and if he cut his hair, I would just be at a loss. Yeah, I would lose him if he cut his hair too. Like Verhagen, like I know what Verhagen looks like because he's got that sort of Kevin Kermeyer type. No, dis- Verhagen reminds me of Luke Paconin. <laughs> Oh, they a don't little. Look, yeah, but they don't really look that much alike. No, no, no. Same but he's size. Got that, <laughs> but he doesn't have the same sad, sad loopoo face. Yeah. <laughs> like he, they just remind me of each other a little bit. And that's how I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, similar, similar quality of pitcher. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I still, you know, I'd love to see Drew work it out because I know Drew's a good guy. A lot of, a lot of friends of the site um, have interacted with Drew Verhagen over the years. And uh, yeah, apparently he's a gem. So, you know, we'll still, we'll still be rooting for him to finally turn it around this year and get something going. But basically the big joke was, of course, that Jordan Zimmerman and Alex Wilson got a couple jerseys made up with Buddy on the back and they and Michael Fulmer all wore them out there and everyone had a good good laugh about that. And then they auctioned those off, uh, I think, to benefit prostate cancer today. So that oh. was kind of, yeah, so that was kind of cool. I missed that. That's delightful. Yep. And from my side, you know, from the pitching obsessed dork side, um, the thing I'm excited about is Chris Basio and seeing what he can do with the new, you know, with, with the new staff. Um, and that has been interesting so far. He's um, He's been working with Fulmer. We've been hearing kind of rave reviews from Michael Fulmer about some of the, the changes to his delivery that they've been working on, even since um, the first phone call that Basio made to him. And then I caught like a little little tidbit in Katie Strang at the athletics article yesterday about Basio and Daniel Norris and how he was like having Daniel Norris, like tip his head down and keep the brim of his cap blocking the catcher's head to keep his, like keep himself like focused on, on oh. staying down. And I saw him doing that with someone else in some video today. Um, I think he was doing it with Fado too, like had him by the bill of the cap and was, and was obviously talking to him about like sight lines and how to, how to kind of line his uh, line, his, his spot up with his catcher and stuff like that. That was kind of interesting to see, just just, just to kind of see how hands-on he was already. He, 
he had Norris sitting out for a bit, didn't he? There was I like I said, I've been off, but there was like a couple days where Norris was sitting down just to keep a groin injury down or something. Did I read that right? Yeah, he was. I you know he was a little bit sore, and they they had been working on like some some changes mechanically um, with his legs and stuff, and so he got a little bit sore, and he was due to go in, I guess, for a checkup on the groin injury that he had like six months ago. There was like a six month checkup, so. They gave him a day off, and he, yeah, he went and got checked out. Supposedly, you know, structurally, he's fine. He was back out there throwing today. So, um, you know, it's just always going to be an adventure with Daniel Norris until we can get through a season without uh, something being pulled, torn, or otherwise tweaked. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I am excited to see what Bosio does with him because I think for the last season and a bit, Norris has kind of been the, the linchpin of things mm-hmm. going right. And if a couple tweaks, like we saw how big of a difference minor tweaks made for Annabelle Sanchez at the beginning of last year. Yeah. And how amazing just a slight delivery change was for him. And it didn't hold. And I guess we'll see what happens with him and the twins this year. <laughs> Signed to a major league deal. Lol, lol, lol. Yeah. At um, least an invite. Yeah, invite to spring training with a chance to make yeah. the team. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes for him and for the twins. Um, but it was really remarkable to see what a minor like slotting change made for his delivery and his success at the start of last season. Like We went from kind of laughing at him, and later we laughed again. But coming out of spring training, there was a very real chance for him to have been our fifth starter. And I think it was only Boyd having such a remarkable spring training that that kept that from happening. And so I think if we can see Norris actually pull something together with a couple minor tweaks, it's going to be huge. Yeah. And if, you know, and, and really it's just going to come back to him being healthy because I, I, I'll just continue to maintain that until like he gets to pitch for like a hundred innings straight, you just you're just not going to have good com- control over your stuff. Like it's just impossible without you know the consistent reps. Um, so he's got to have those you know those interrupted long stretches where he can just you know be totally focused just on pitching and not having to worry about you know whether or not something hurts or getting treatment before and after. Um, all that stuff just kind of you know just makes it all the the harder. And obviously, like you said, he's he was the guy that you know everyone kind of was looking to last year. Like okay, if he can take a step forward, you got him Verlander and Fulmer. That's the makings of a really good rotation, and he wasn't able to do it. Um, and he's kind of going to be in that position again because he's the guy with the most unfulfilled upside at the major league level, and mm-hmm. um, we're all going to be looking at him the same way. So, and the other the other cool thing Chris Basio um, was using, or at least like the Tigers purchased and are using, is one of these Rapsodo data capture machines. Oh, and, what's this? And this is the thing that really excites me because, you know, they've already got TrackMan and all the stadiums so they can record all the pitchers, you know, spin rate, a- axis, all the movement data on their pitches. Um, but they got one that's like a portable model um, that's basically like a, it's, the you know, like the tracking machine. And then you've got like your little tablet right there. <clears throat> so every pitch you throw in a bullpen session, they can track. And I, and I, you know, it's a small thing. I think these things cost like $5,000. If it was me, I'd be giving one of these away to like every one of the Tigers pitchers, like throughout the organization to take home with them. They're, they're not expensive, <laughs> but the Tigers finally got at least one of these deals. <clears throat> and that, you know, and that allows you to kind of watch what you're doing, you know, and as you experiment with things in the bullpen, you can kind of see what the results are on your stuff um, down, down to a, you know, a, a really fine perspective on it. And, you know, that should really help them, I would think, you know, if, if they can kind of figure out their baselines for 
where the release points are and how their pitches are supposed to move. They're at their best. You know, then when you're struggling during the season, you have something to kind of refer back to and some baselines to, you know, to go back to and to try to match up again. And um, that's, that's the kind of thing the Tigers need to be doing more of. Chris Bazio has worked for the Cubs, you know, the past four or five years. Um, that's one of the, the teams and the front offices that's most kind of technologically savvy as far as tools to help players improve. So we knew Bazio would kind of bring that experience over. And I'm, I'm just, it's just a breath of fresh air to hear like, you know, Michael Fulmer talking about the spin rate on his slider and his interest in figuring out what that is and how to improve it because it'll give him more depth on it and stuff like that. Like I was yeah. just like, oh, this is what I've been waiting to hear forever. So thank God we're finally making a little progress. I'm excited. Yep. Good good to see what those guys can do with that. Um, we also had um, Alex Fiedo, um the Tigers' number one draft pick last year, um, who had been off ever since um, finishing up the College World Series in spectacular style. And he was on the mound um, against hitters. And I think he faced Victor Martinez and James McCann, if I'm not mistaken, today. And James McCann ended up taking him deep at one point and signing the ball for him, which is the whole, yeah, the whole kind of rookie, you know, the whole rookie thing right there where you gotta, you gotta have that. Cute. Yeah. So he was out there on the mound and, you know, kind of getting his first, uh, his feet wet his first, first bit of major league hitters he was having to face. So that was kind of cool. But, uh, beyond that, you know, we're still just kind of, kind of in, kind of in waiting period. Miguel Cabrera talked about his back and, there's really nothing to say about that you know, other than we'll see how it goes. And same with Victor. So, there, yeah, it's just not a whole lot of news to report, I'm afraid. Well, I mean, we get our first full team workouts. I think full team reported today, first workouts tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's right. Yep. Um, which or, or will be today when this is posted. Oh, that's true. Uh, Wednesday, whatever. We are recording on Tuesday night. So, yeah, <laughs> we are exactly. recording Tuesday night. So today or whenever you're listening to this Wednesday of this week, uh, first team workout. So, I mean, it, it's I think we're getting towards the exciting stuff now. We're only a couple days away. We're like a week now away from the first um, exhibition game against um, Florida, Florida Southern. Southern. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I, I don't have the date. Exactly. It's the 27th or the 28th. Oh, okay. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's one of those two, and then we follow up with the Yankees the next day. Um, so we are, we're a week away right now from baseball, which is, I don't care what you say about spring training games. I know they don't matter. I know it's like watching a, a who's who, question mark, question mark, question mark of Tigers baseball because it, by the third or fourth inning, you don't remember anybody's names anyway. <laughs> um, but it's still baseball, and I'm still so pumped about it. Yeah, same here. So excited to watch or listen to, or I think last year Florida Southern wasn't even in, like broadcast on radio. Yeah. So like we had to be catching updates from like like Twitter um, and <laughs> like Tigers beat writers. I think Evan um, Woodbury, had like a, yeah, a, yeah. Evan Woodbury had a Periscope going. <laughs> oh, that's like right, he did. That and then great. I think he got busted doing that and yeah. had to pull it down. But I remember watching that Periscope with much delight. Yeah. So. We're we're getting there for the yep, sights and sounds are. and it it's coming back and I I'm starting to get excited. It's been a tough off season for excitement, I think. Yeah, it really has. Um, because so little has happened and so much got held up, and the Tigers are obviously in a very different position this year than they were last year, where we were still kind of looking at the potential for wild card um, representation, and we thought, hey, they did pretty well in 2016. Why not also in 2017? And we're going into this year with a very different outlook on that in that it's it's we don't think we're going to do well. We know we're not going to do well. Yeah. Uh, 
so it, it's more of like, what can we learn and see towards the future from this season to get excited about? And that's a that's it's hard because if there's no winning on the horizon, how do you get excited for baseball? Yeah, and I think you're you know th- that just nails it because the only thing that can really can really make you feel better about that is actual baseball because the whole process of like anticipating the season and what might happen and trying to forecast and all that stuff has was out the window because we all knew the Tigers weren't going to get anywhere this year and they probably weren't going to make many moves this off season. And then that was just compounded by the fact that no one else was making any moves. So there wasn't even anything to distract us from, you know, just the black pit we knew we were going to be kind of staring into until there's actually baseball. So I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. And apparently they announced today that Alex Wilson is going to get that first start against Florida Southern. Oh which, my uh, God, really? Yeah, which should set him up for success. You know, like, I mean, you know, if you can't handle, you know, some college hitters, Alex Wilson, you just forget about this whole starting oh, business. God, that's so delightful. I love that so much. Yep. So he'll be out there for his first start since, I don't know, since he was probably like in double A or something like that. Or yeah. Advanced oh, a. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. I look forward to that in a serious way. And I'm sorry, we won't be able to watch it. Yeah. If I could just get Dan Dickerson on that, I'd, I'd be happy. I, I, that's what I need. I do need Dan Dickerson's voice a little bit. Just get him calling that game. Oh, man, that's exciting. Yeah, that's the thing. I think we forget because of, of you know, the cold, you know, in Michigan, it's freezing. And it's hard to remember how great baseball is. That Like, even if your team isn't winning anything, mm-hmm. I always say this to people who say that baseball is boring, is that no matter what, in every single game of baseball I've ever watched in my life, and there have been lots of them (laughs) something amazing and wow worthy happens in every game like there's a catch or an amazing hit or a replay moment there's just something that makes you go wow or yes or oh my friggin god every single game and it it may just be a five second moment but i those are what makes that whole season worth it in the long run and yeah i don't know that's what i'm looking forward to is my one wow moment every game yeah it does seem like you know more than any other sport like i mean sometimes you'll see things and i don't watch a ton of football but you'll see like weird things happen (coughs) in other sports but there's just nothing like baseball it seems like seven or eight times a year like a ball just like is hit and i've never seen a ball hit like that before like some weird squibber with side spin that like runs down the first base line two hops and then just takes like a sharp right turn or you know yeah a cat runs on the field like just there's just so much opportunity for, for somebody accidentally knocks things. a home run out of the park with their glove yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. Some... or someone in the outfield <laughs> maybe calls i got it or maybe someone in the stands did and the ball just drops who yep. knows or someone just stares into the sun and can't see the ball and then just becomes you know suddenly be- begins protecting their head like there's just so many weird things that can happen you know it's just it's such a natural game out in the elements at least in most parks and yeah the opportunity even when it's chaos not, it's oh god it's so good i miss baseball so much i know and you know because of you know just because of what i do you know i, I am excited to watch spring training games and watch it the fifth and sixth inning when all these random relievers that i've been having to write about and try to like <laughs> find some kind of angle to cover on these guys like i'll be happy to see johnny barbato finally finally take them out and show me what he can do and ryan carpenter and some guys like that yeah, so yeah i'm really i'm i'm needing some baseball needs to happen here pretty quick Oh, baseball. In, in Michigan, everything just melted the past three days. Like, it's been, like, 50 for three days with just, like, downpours, you know, oh. cu- coupled with a foot or two of snow melting off, and everything is now flooded, 
which is the other fun part of like mid or late period winter in Michigan. <laughs> it, in Manitoba, it snowed a lot and is still very cold. So and keep yet rubbing you were around a campfire this weekend. You know, I'm a Manitoban, Brandon. So when oh, it's minus minus 16 Celsius, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. When it's minus 16 and it's just snowed all day, we go, okay, I guess we'll just put on an extra pair of long johns and go out. So mm, we are... That's a hardy as fuck up there. That's what you're talking about. We are me. a hardy people, absolutely. <laughs> you know, one yeah. moment in our last, our last episode with Chris Brown just made me laugh so hard and it was where he asked if it was okay... If he could swear, and both of us, <laughs> both of us, before he even got the words out of his mouth, were screaming at him like, "Yeah, fuck yes, yeah." That Worst was a that was a spontaneous decision making moment right there. We had we had not decided <laughs> that beforehand. We just can't help ourselves. And no, uh, I I, I could I don't think I could be because I'm on two podcasts, and if I had to go on any on either of them without being able to swear, um, I don't know that I could do it. Yeah, you know, I did a, a radio interview with our buddy uh, Jim at ESPN last oh, Friday. Oh, I'm going to be on with him. <laughs> oh, are you? Right on. And, yeah. and it was great, but I hadn't been on a radio show in so long that, you know, it's been since, you know, whenever, like September or something. So I, I was just like frozen. Like, I was just like, do not screw up. Do not, you know, <laughs> do not swear. <laughs> do not say anything, you know, out of out of line here. Just like having to like lock it down. Unfortunately, you know, it went perfectly, of course. Those guys are pros, and which helps a lot. But yeah, I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, Jim's great. Got to get back in that mindset. Yeah, I'm glad he. I, I couldn't go on the other day, so I'm glad he got you. Yeah, yeah, but it's always good to talk to them. You know, like I did a couple last year, and then it just got to be like uh, I had a couple other that wanted to do like at once a week and the same time, and it's like, man, I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> I, can't I know. Be, I can't he, be on call he for he this. Me and he's like, are you sure? I'm like, I can do Wednesday or Friday, and he's like, Thursday, and I'm like. I do this at my day job and I go hide in a room for 30 minutes. So um, I'll see. Yep. That's what happens <laughs> to mine. Like I, I did one like sitting down by the St. Clair river one time and they were like, they, you know, we can't hear you very well. And I realized like, Oh, that's not going to work. So yeah, now I just like have to sit in my car. <laughs> no, I like tuck myself in a boardroom and like put a sign up on my desk that I'll be back in 30 minutes. Yep. <laughs> I just go hide in there. Go on an important company business. Well, I mean, I get breaks, so it's not like I'm cheating the company out of anything. But it's oh, still I know. pretty funny that I need to like, like allocate half hour of my lunch break to go and sit in a room to talk about baseball with ESPN. I know it does bear some weird relationship to like sneaking out of class or something when you're in high school to like go talk to the boy or girl that you liked or like you know something like that. It just it yeah. does feel just weird. Like I'm doing something wrong, but eh, it's my break, so whatever. So it goes. So yeah, you know, uh, if you live in the Toledo area, you may um, spontaneously hear Ashley or I burst on one of your radio stations at some point to talk Tigers baseball in your ear. That'll probably happen many times this year. Um, before, like the last thing I really wanted to go through, we can talk about, I don't know if you want to talk about like the, the whole new pace of play initiative. <laughs> you know what? I haven't read it yet. Yeah, okay. I, like I said, have been off the grid for five days. So this is the most baseball I've talked to anyone about except crying about the raised trades with my friends who did not care. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of baseball love in the middle of Canada. Let me tell you. That's why the Rays should move to Montreal, baby. No, you shut, <laughs> shut you know. All right. I'm sorry. When the Canadian is telling, you no about moving another team to Canada, I'm sure if it was any other team, if you want to move Miami up to, to Montreal, oh, like fine, their initials fine. are the same, that work? you could, absolutely move the marlins up there but the tampa bay rays have to stay where they are the montreal marlins oh oh 
It just flows off the tongue, doesn't it? The alliteration. The, I think the Montreal smoked meat sandwiches. Ooh, ooh, or the yeah, the Montreal cod or something. Something oh more God. of a, more of a northern fish. Like the you know they'd be the halibut. expos. <laughs> yeah, they would have to be the expos again. There's no way they'd be anything other than the expos. As long as it's they're like, willing to bring back those like '91 vintage uniforms, I'd be oh fine. god, they'd have to. But it's like I I live in Winnipeg, and so we had a bit of a hockey drought here for years and years and years. Yeah. Uh, we had a, an NHL team, and then lost the NHL team because we are a cheap people, <laughs> and spending money on anything is not in Manitobans' DNA. Um, but we really missed having hockey, so they're like, we're going to bring an NHL franchise back. We're going to vote on a name. Everyone's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Obviously, this team will be the Jets again. Like, there's not even an option here. Yeah. So, that's the same in Montreal. Like, if if they do expand again or move a current franchise back, which I don't don't know that that city financially is prepared for that. Right. But then again, I look at Winnipeg where it was the same situation, and we've supported the Jets for going on, I guess, five or six years since they've been back. Right, and to that point, obviously Tampa doesn't do a great job supporting <laughs> supporting a team either. So, not sure if you're losing anything. We we make fun of that a lot, but I know. And you know, you know, kudos to all the hardy Tampa fans because somehow, like all you know, six hundred of you guys just make the whole thing work. Somehow, it's impressive. <laughs> it's tough. I think I I think the stadium moving will be really good for them. Yeah, because the access Saint is bad. Pete, where they are, it's not a great location. Yeah, and I think putting themselves in the heart of like a downtown life area where there's lots of residential right nearby kind of like a, a wrigleyville feel feel where people can just walk over to a game on the in the evening yeah i i feel like that'll change the entire dynamic of how baseball works in that town and i'm i'm really curious to see how that plays out i think they're looking at like 2023 for that so yeah and that you know and that i mean that should pretty much lock them in as you know they're you know they're not going anywhere um, and those, you know, and that's been the issue kind of all along. So they say, um, yeah, we'll just see, we'll see if they build it, if they come and yeah. find out nothing else you can do about it. Um, let's run through, um, two, the two biggest deals that happened over the past few days. Um, JD Martinez, finally the endless saga that really had no other angle on it than the Red Sox played itself out. Um, he agreed to a five year, $110 million deal. Um, they gave him opt-outs after years two and three. Um, there may be another one after four. I'm not sure. God, but, um, just all the exit plans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, why not? You know, if 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 you can get a player to sign for that and throw those in there, that's fine. Um, how do you feel about JD going to the Red Sox? Like, it G- makes sense, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> J.D. Martinez signing with the Red Sox is, like, the two most pretty and popular kids in high school. And, like, they're circling around each other and everyone's like, will they go out? Won't they go out? And, like, there's rumors and people are like, oh, no, he said he doesn't like her that much. And then he's like, no, no, they're going to date. And it's just so much drama over something so stupid because you know they're going to end up together anyway. Because they're not talking to anybody else, yeah exactly how I feel about this entire thing with JD and the Red Sox is because like there was never anywhere else like unless that the Diamondbacks wanted to ante up and pay more there were never going to re-sign him it was just it wasn't a place that made sense financially for the the Diamondbacks and just long term for him yep and we know that you know Dave Dombrowski loves giving money to JD Martinez and signing him to things and he loves signing people for contracts he probably shouldn't <laughs> and it, it just 
it, it made the most sense. And there was no way that was going any other way. But then you have these stupid rumors like, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know. He says that he's he's sick of them waffling on things. And now he's looking at other options. But nobody ever <laughs> mentions the other options. And you're like, oh, my God, right. fucking sign already. Scott Boris all like, oh, we don't need their money. You know, we, we've got plenty of other offers out here for whatever. Yeah. It just yeah, had to happen. So, you know, I, I'm not happy because I can't root for Boston, and so I no. can't root for JD now. He's 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 become the enemy, and that's all right. We had good times, and I still love him, but... I'm just glad he now. didn't, you know, sign with the Yankees and have to shave. That was nice. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. There was nothing surprising to it, but I'm not, like, super enthused about it. Yeah, it just seems like that thing that was inevitable, and we all just kind of have to, like, put up with it, so... And the other one, and this is the one that's just like was just impressive because after all this this haggling, and I and I think the range of opinion about what Eric Hosmer is worth may range from almost zero to somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred and fifty million dollars if you're someone from Kansas City. And um, he ended up signing with the Padres um, in a deal that doesn't make a lot of sense to too many people for <laughs> eight years and one hundred and forty four million dollars. Um, <laughs> And the Padres, you know, they managed to front load that deal, and you're gonna just die laughing. I'll just let you. I just just let you get can't. Yep. I hate and, you know, so much. Yeah, you know, and the thing it's is, not... the money overall, I don't, I don't hate like eight years at 144 million divided out. Like that doesn't bother me so much, but it's so long. And they're they're gonna so far so from being regret good. this in three years. Yeah, it just seems like this is just one of those moves where they thought they were. I don't know if they think they're closer than they are, or if they really, really value Eric Hosmer's leadership. I <laughs> just don't get it. I don't. Like I know we talked about this earlier in the episode, but I just I don't understand why you would give anybody, but especially Eric Hosmer, an eight-year deal yeah i mean you've got to be a elite player and you've got to be like 25 26 you know 27 god i just i don't get it and like deals like this never go well like there's historically speaking there's no logic to giving an eight-year contract to anybody like I rejoiced when the Tigers gave Miguel Cabrera a contract extension, and I was like, la, 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 I'll be 40 by the time Miguel Cabrera's done with the Tigers. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh my god, I'll be 40 by the time Miguel Cabrera's done with the Tigers. Because, like, even a guy like that, who I think was, like, one year removed from winning a fucking, like, triple crown, yep. and it seemed like such an obvious decision to get that contract extension in, you look at it now and you're like, Jesus, he, we can't move him. Like, there's nope. nothing. on, <laughs> And you just get saddled with this idiotic contract. And that's why I just believe that no team should ever sign anybody to a contract longer than five years if they know what they're doing. Yeah, or you do it and you, you get those years cheap. Like, if you can yeah. talk a guy like Michael, Michael Fulmer right now, I'll sign Michael Fulmer for 10 years if he's willing to take, you know, $10 million a year for that Price, whole yeah. span. You can sign Michael Fulmer a 10-year extension for $100 million. Absolutely lock that shit down. But I, I don't – I feel like there's only sadness and regret to be had from a contract of this length. <laughs> yep. I mean, at the, you know, at the last couple of years, I think they're going to be paying him $13 million a year. So there's still a chance he might be worth it. But it's just bizarre to me because 
and and someone joked about this on our site on our on the SB Nation MLB channel that okay yeah talk to the Mariners about this, but first basemen aren't that hard to find, especially yep. first basemen that aren't great like first basemen that are just you know pretty good player, <laughs> occasionally like you know can look really good in stretches. Um, I just I just don't get it, and I don't get it for the Padres. Like I this would have made more sense to me if the Red Sox had done it and passed on JD or something, but it would have made more sense know. to me if the Royals had extended him for that length of time. I just, yeah, just it for fan service purposes. Yeah, yeah. For, you know, that like sense of like it, it very much like a Miguel, Miguel Cabrera extension in that part of it's there for the fan base, right? You're like, yeah, look at, we've, we've got your hero here and we've locked him down long term. Um, Cause I know everyone in Kansas city loved Eric Hosmer. Like when they got into, when they won the world series, he went out to bars and just bought rounds for people. Yep, yep. Like he just, he, he embraced that town so much. And I, maybe that's what San Diego's hoping for there that he'll like elevate them and be that franchise face for the rest of, of his career. Um, Cause they don't have a lot of that in San Diego as it is, right. You don't have a lot of like marquee players, yeah, I mean, so you think back they, and you got like Tony Gwynn. Like I don't, you don't think right. of too many other you guys have, in their history. You have to go back that far, and I feel like maybe that's what they're banking on is that he's going to be that draw and he's going to to give that franchise a face. Yeah, um, and but it doesn't make sense. An eight-year contract is insane, even if you're getting it for a bargain, a relative bargain of like thirteen mil a year. I just don't see it making sense for them. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is they think Eric Hosmer is going to do for them long term. And I know that they have a good farm and then that farm is within maybe two or three years of being really serviceable. But I just, I, I don't see where the Eric Hosmer puzzle piece fits in that whole scheme. Yeah, I know. You know, and, and it's just funny because just the way Eric Hosmer divides people. You know, I saw Bill James joking about how, you know, like, oh, Eric Hosmer's worth $144 million and thus like sabermetrics is invalid or something like that. But you know, it's just like, it's just, it's hard for anybody who follows the game and isn't invested in the Kansas city Royal Royals to look at Eric Hosmer as like an, an elite player or even borderline. So, I mean like Eric Hosmer to me isn't even like remotely on the cusp of being a future all-star. No. And I, I or don't. Hall of and Famer, I, mean, yeah, not even. Yeah, Hall of, yeah sorry. No chance. He is a, past all-star exactly what i meant is he's he's never going to be in the hall of fame and i just i don't know it just you know i just never buy these things anyway you know like there's you know there's a value to having like good veteran leadership on your team especially when you've got a bunch of really talented young guys but you can get that a lot cheaper <laughs> you could have traded it you know traded with us for you know ian kinsler or justin up that we had all kinds of veteran leadership <laughs> Had veteran leadership coming out of our ears, but uh, they didn't want any part of our guys. They'd rather they'd rather pay 144 million to Eric Hosmer, and hey, God bless him. Enjoy the man. Sun. Eric Hosmer did not miss Enjoy a single sunshine. game last season. Yeah, played all 162. Hmm. Actually, is... he had a pretty good year last year. I he did making fun of him. He had a 318 batting average last year. Oh yeah, I mean he had a you know it was a breakout year, and two years ago he was pretty he was pretty darn good too, but. You know, the years in between that, he's basically been a zero. You know, he's been like a yeah. one-war-type guy, like below average. So, ah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of mind-blowing, but, you know, just it just goes to show how different, you know, valuations can be in teams. And I don't know, maybe MLB is happy to see that just because it <laughs> provides a little bit more of a, an anti-collusion argument. Like, look, these they're still... 
teams out there that just go insane and spend stupid money on a guy there's no, they had no business signing, things are fine. <laughs> business as usual. So, so it goes. Oh, Lord, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, and like, you know, we were going to talk about this, but I think we are just going to pass on the pace of play stuff because it's just too much. And I, I really want to see how people react to this because I'm already seeing like, I think it was Martin Maldonado and um, uh, Wilson Contreras talking about how there's no way, you know, once they get to their six mound visits, there's no way they're not going to visit their pitcher the seventh time if need be. And if they're going to have to take a fine, they don't care. Um, you know, the, the rollout has not been super smooth, but unfortunately the, the rule set is rather complex and um, it's going to take a while, I think, even before teams like really wrap their heads around it. So we're going to save that exciting topic for another day. Um, I'm sure <laughs> it will come up again and again all season long. <laughs> yeah, we'll have many an opportunity to complain about it, I'm sure. Yeah, Gardy was already talking about how like, you know, what and what happens, you know, they're going to call a ball on my guy because, you know, he took too long or something like that. Yeah, okay, we'll see how that how that goes. I can promise you I'm going to be up here in the in the press box with you guys if that's what <laughs> if that's what goes on. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for ejections and all sorts of fun stuff. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Baseball! Baseball is coming. Yay. At least we're close. <laughs> we so, are. And, it's, you know, there's always it's always good to kind of have something to bitch about unrelated to players, right? Like, it really is. Having the, re- like, having the replay option has always been great for a bit of saltiness. And I feel like this is just going to be one more of those things where we can be like, oh, can you believe this stupid pace of play bullshit and what it's doing <laughs> to the game? And so I mean, it's another thing to look forward to. Rob, Rob Manford is doing a great job running interference, so I'll give him that. There's, <laughs> there's, there's plenty of anger out there to, to spare on some other topics. Um, Absolutely. Do, do you have anything coming up um, at either site you want to promote or anything like that before we roll um, out here? Oh, God, no. I don't think there's much right now. I've been doing the um, the Throwback Tigers every Thursday, which has been really big for us. Yeah, those are fun. Uh, those have been a lot of fun. I'll keep doing the 68 team. I'll do another player from the 68 team this week on Thursday. Um, I don't know who yet. So if you have any suggestions, uh, tweet me at 90 feet from home and whoever gives me one first, I will just take it because I've got 40 guys to do. (laughs) Yeah. Ashley is a professional. If you just give her a suggestion and she accepts it, the work will get done. (laughs) Well, no, it seems to be literal. Like every, the last couple weeks I've been like, anyone have a suggestion and I got somebody suggested that I do um, Sparky Anderson refusing to play with scab players. And that was a great piece. And yeah. I think you um, were actually the one who suggested Ron LaFleur. So yeah. And Bill Freehand. Yeah. I just keep shouting. And Bill, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just keep shouting out random names. So, you. Like, oh, honestly, if, if you tweet at me about anything you want to know more about history wise, I will just do the column. So I, I'm just going to end the debate right now and say Denny McLean. I mean, it's McLean? all it's all right there. There's so much, there's so much material. You all could right. write a book about about Denny McLean, and I wouldn't put it past you. Man, I feel like every time I dive into these, I start the first two minutes, and I'm just like, I don't want to write about this. This is like homework, <laughs> and which is stupid because I have a history degree, so writing history of things is really entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the first two minutes, I'm like, oh, why did I decide to do another weekly column? I hate this. And then three seconds in, after I've pulled up a bunch of articles and I've started reading, I'm like, oh, shit, this is really interesting. So, like, I didn't think Bill Freehand would be that interesting, and I wrote 1,100 words about him. So, I mean, I just dive right in. Yeah, there it is. 
Um, as far as me, um, I've got an article coming out, um, basically about Michael Fulmer's slider and how it's kind of the key to him breaking out even further than he already has and kind of taking his place as one of the legit aces in the American league. Um, so I talked about that and some of some of the stuff he and Bazio are working on, and that will probably be out Wednesday, um, if not Thursday morning. And we're going to keep the prospects, the prospect ranking countdown um, rolling along. Um, I've got one of those coming. Um, I think Rob has got another one coming. So in the next day or two, you'll see those hit the site. And we are starting to get toward the point where we'll start kind of doing the preseason analysis and a lot more uh, preview of the actual. 25-man roster as it starts to shape up. So that'll be hitting. We're just trying to trying to be patient. We have a, a habit of kind of over overwriting in the offseason because we're bored, and then you get toward this time of year, and you kind of have to take a little break and, and let things start to play out <laughs> because we've already kind of covered some of these things to death. So we'll wait for the Tigers to uh, be interesting and dance and do some tricks for us. And just keep following us there at blessyourboys.com. Um, you can follow Ashley, as she said, at 90 Feet From Home on Twitter. You can follow me at Fiscadoro74. And for this week, we will bid you adieu and talk to you next week as games get very close to being played. Ashley, Real baseball! Woo! Have a good night, Ashley. Good night.